Welcome to Good Christophian Talks. I'm Levi. And I'm Chris. And I'm Brian. Thank you for joining us this week. On this podcast, we select one talk a week to help us get the Bible in our daily newsfeed. We post a new episode at the start of each week with a short intro beforehand to kind of set the stage for the talk you're about to listen to. And now, let's talk more about this week's talk. Hello, this is Brother Chris. For this week, we're listening to an exhortation that was given by Brother David Little last July of 2023 that he gave at their Verdugo Hills Ecclesia. This exhortation was one that he mentions at the beginning of his exhort. He was working on writing earlier in the the month of June, but the last Sunday that he was working on it was actually the day before he would then have a heart attack which makes this exhortation even more poignant for him and the topic in particular especially impactful for him. In the exhortation, Brother David is looking at the willingness that we sometimes slip into in our own lives to try to solve the problems we face on our own rather than relying on God. And oftentimes turning to God for strength or guidance can be the last choice that we will make until all else has failed us. He is reminding us that God should be our first choice. And without going into greater detail about what he talks about, because I want you to hear it from him, I think this is an excellent reminder to us, and I know I found it to be a reminder to myself as well, because sometimes we can be too caught up in the day-to-day things to be instead focused on trying to solve things the way that we normally would in day-to-day life. I will make mention that he talks about a hymn that was sung before the exhortation. That was hymn 137, and that he particularly enjoys that favorite, his favorite verses from there based on Psalm 3 and looking at verse 5. So I wanted to mention both the hymns in that particular reading in case you wanted to read through the hymn or that passage in Psalms, or even listen to the hymn itself on a pre-recorded way, because I think both of them are an excellent base and a reminder for us to be the encouragement as we take on our walk. Uh, I know we at Verdugo feel especially blessed to have Brother David to be part of our ecclesial family, and I am incredibly thankful that he was willing to share this exhort as a very personal topic for him. Uh, But I had multiple people at the Ecclesia and also some folks that listened to some of the recordings of Verdugo recommend it after they heard it, uh, and he was gracious enough to allow us to share it with everyone here, and I hope that you find it to be just as encouraging and uplifting as those of us that heard it live or have previously listened to a recording did as well. Uh, I'm also especially thankful to God for watching over Brother David during last year when he had his heart attack that they were able to act on it quickly at the hospital where he works and that he has been able to make a full recovery. So with that, I will now turn you over to Brother David Little for his exhortation that he gave at Verdugo Hills last July entitled, Depending on God. Good morning, everyone. Uh, The medication sometimes messes with my voice, so bear with me sometimes. Normally when I know that I'm going to be speaking, I start thinking about the subject that I want to go over, probably about a month before. So um, 
I'll look at the readings, and if that doesn't inspire me, I'll try to think of something that maybe that I'm struggling with. Because my theory on that is if I'm having a problem, maybe somebody else is having the same problem. Uh, I was scheduled for to do this exhortation on June 18th, but I traded with Russ uh, because he asked me to. And the reason I'm mentioning this is because this subject and that hymn that we sung this morning, I chose before I had that heart attack. I used our, on that Sunday before, I used our quiet time here that we do uh, to write the outline of this exhortation. With that said, it's story time. When I was in elementary school, I would normally take the bus to school um, and to and from school. And I think it was probably maybe kindergarten, first grade. It was pretty early on in life. And one morning, I remember that I had some doctor's appointments. So my mom drove me. Uh, to the doctor's appointment, and then she dropped me off at school. Now, I have a very logical mind, and probably why I work well with computers, because computers are quite logical, and when they're not, that's when I go, hey, you're not being logical, and I figure, try to figure out why. So, since mom dropped me off, mom would be picking me up. So, I stood outside the school, after school, and I'd let the bus go. And I waited for mom. And mom didn't show up. So me, being me, I walked home. Now, according to Google Maps, it's, was a, it's a 2.6 mile walk and would take somebody about 45 minutes to walk in. And I got home. Because I knew the way, you know, because I pay attention to where I'm going. And I'm, I'm pretty good at that. You know, if I've been somewhere, I can get back to it usually. So I walk into the house and I, I see my mom and she says, you're early because I beat the bus home. <laughs> and the reason for that is because my stop was second to the last. So it went up into the hills of Monrovia and then back down and then got there. And I told her that I walked home and she did not believe me. <laughs> it, the walk didn't seem that long, but I guess if you're you know in elementary school, it probably was pretty long. Uh, but that kind of started my, my independent streak. Fast forward a little bit to when I was about 10 years old. That's when we got our first microwave and mom showed us how to properly cook a hot dog, you know, poke it so it doesn't explode and put it in there. Uh, we already learned how to do those TV dinners where, you know, you have to unfold part of the that aluminum and put them in and that but then we were also taught how to do our own laundry. And the reason for this was because mom was going to nursing school and wouldn't have time for us anymore. So we had to take care of ourselves. Um, each of us received a key to the house. So we became part of that generation known as latchkey kids. 
So a lot of times we get home from school, uh, probably later on, probably junior high, almost high, um, and we come home and there'd be nobody home. It'd be just us kids. So we'd you know, take care of ourselves. Um, maybe dad could home or mom often worked overnight or anyway. Uh, that's one thing I guess uh, you can say that um, probably is the goal of any parent. I'm not a parent, so I can't really uh, have a true idea of this, but you want your kids to be independent at some point. Some parents can probably not be that way, but I'm pretty sure that most parents want their kids to be independent on, the, and on their own. So because of this, I've become very indep independent. So I rely pretty much on myself. I live by myself. I haven't had to, haven't had to go home uh, for lack of not having support. Um, once I moved out, I did move back in after my dad passed, but that was um, because mom needed my support. So when the pandemic hit, nothing really changed for me because I work at a hospital. I still went to the hospital every day because the computers would break down and you have to be there for a lot of the work that I do. And staying home was not a big deal because I like to tell my friend a lot, my good friend, I tell her, I'm a hermit. <laughs> so it wasn't a big deal for me to, you know, to uh, be uh, at my apartment and not leave. Sometimes I don't leave for the weekend at all. <laughs> um, and I'm pretty good at, you know, I can keep myself entertained. So I have, I, I, it's not that I don't, enjoy, I do enjoy being around people. Uh, I have my Ecclesia family here, which is great. I still have my brother and sister. My parents have, you know, been gone for a while. Uh, I have a second family. Um, you may know them, the Rishas. Um, they kind of adopt me. They invite me for holidays and stuff, and uh, they're really good friends to me. And like I said, they're they're like a second family. So this is where my struggle comes in. If I'm this independent, if we are this independent, how do we become dependent on God? Well, I'd like to start out this journey by looking at something we really don't have control over, but we maybe just think about it because it, it hinders us. So we're gonna turn over to Romans chapter seven and we're just gonna read uh, about 10 verses here. So Romans chapter seven, uh, starting at verse 15, and I'm reading from the ESV to, to the end of the chapter. For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law, and that is good. So now it's no longer that I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is my flesh. For I have desire to do what is right, but not the, the ability to carry it out. For I do 
not the good I, I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. But I see my members, uh, another law, waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then I, myself, <coughs> serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. I hope that I was able to emphasize my point there. <laughs> Did you count how many times that pronoun I was in there? It's quite a bit. Um, does this describe you? We do like to beat ourselves up quite a bit, uh, or maybe it's just me, but uh, this can become a, a hindrance for us because maybe we focus too much on Romans 7 and saying, oh, this is me, I'm the chief sinner, as Paul says. And we beat ourselves up, but we forget a lot of things. And <clears throat> we forget the next chapter, and this is the next chapter that we need to focus on. Romans 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, a speaker once said that uh, Romans 8 is an apology for Romans 7, and <laughs> I love that. So let's look at a couple other references and say that we really shouldn't be beating ourselves up on, on these things. So uh, our first one is going to be 1 John uh, chapter 2, verse 28 and 29. And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he appears, we ha may have confidence and not shrink from him in the shame of his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness is, may be born of him. And now the important parts of that is that we are practicing righteousness. Now, we have some musicians in here. We know musicians practice, but... The reason you practice is to not make mistakes, but you still make mistakes. So you keep practicing and you keep practicing so you're not making those mistakes anymore. And that's what we're doing. We, um, we're our own worst critics when it comes to that. So you may slip up and that is fine as long as you keep practicing. Uh, turn over just one chapter to 1 John 3.21, and this is also related back to Romans 7. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God, so don't let your heart condemn you. Um, we are fallible creatures, so uh, when things like this happen, talk to God and move on, and don't dwell on it, and that's what Romans 7 kind of says that 
Paul is dwelling on this. So uh, we can always rem- we always remember that we can go f- uh, for God for that help, uh, for forgiveness when we inadvertently sin. Of course, of course, we should avoid intentionally sinning. Uh, continuing in First John, there in First uh, John four verse thirteen, um, and and this is an important one because it's also part of the prayer in John seventeen. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us, because He has given us of His Spirit. And we flip over to John seventeen twenty one twenty and twenty one. We have we see that in His prayer He asks. Do not ask for these only, but for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may be all in one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So, keeping these uh, things in mind, uh, let's do some things. Uh, let's look at some things that can help us become uh more dependent on God rather than ourselves. So the first and most important one is humility, to become humble. It's probably one of the most difficult ones for us to accomplish uh, because if you say to yourself that you're a humble person, you're not. I'm going to step into some difficult train so bear with me if I should stumble. There is one verse that I've chosen, and I've recited this for several years. I modified it to be kind of a call and an answer. Turn to Psalm 3. Psalm 3, verse 5. I lay down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. If during the day I only manage to pray for my meals, I will say this before I go to sleep. I'm laying down to sleep, but I'll wake if you sustain me. And when I wake up in the morning, I recite the verse. I lay down and slept. I woke again because you sustained me. I said this on June 4th, the night before my heart attack. It is not lost on me that I quite possibly would have just not woken up and just passed through the night. However, I believe I woke up because the Lord sustained me. I lay down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. Fully depending on God involves letting go of the power that you have and seeking humility before God. You must recognize the proper position and recognize who God is and that he alone creates, maintains, and upholds all things. 
Consider Revelation 4, verse 10 and 11. The 24 elders fell down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast down their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. As we become more dependent on God, we must grow to trust his word. We tend to put our trust in worldly measures and with the problem that it, we, sorry, we tend to put our trust in worldly measures. The problem with that is that we resort to depending on God when those measures fail, that God is a backup to whatever problem we need to overcome. We're told in Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, in order to grow stronger and build dependence on God, we have to spend time daily in his word. We have our daily Bible readings. However, if you can't quite get through the readings, maybe it's March and we're in Leviticus, I suggest something that a Brother Peter said. There are 31 Proverbs. So pick the date and go. For example, today is the ninth. Read Proverbs 9. But always read something every day. Uh, we have our little walking group, and we get a passage for a day to think on and ponder as we walk. Uh, as long as you do something, don't skip it at all. There are two great books that help us when we walk. The Psalms and the Proverbs. Appropriately, one follows the other. Uh, from Psalms, we learn specifically to praise God, to worship him for his goodness, strength, and majesty. By this means, we look outward toward God. From the Proverbs, we learn to match our praise with performance. We look inwards. We, let, we see ourselves as we really are, feeble and prone to error. We learn of the rules that we must follow to please God, practical requirements of the truth for daily performance. We learn what is required in putting to death the works of the flesh, the dying to sin as Christ did, of living to God as Christ did. When it comes to depending on God, it, it's turning the focus from ourselves back to God. Time with the Lord in prayer does just that. We draw nearer to our Heavenly Father, bow before him, asking for help in living fully dependent on him. And he should do that for everything, not just 
praying for the meals of the day, not just praying for something that maybe you need, maybe just a prayer of praise, pray for other people. I find that's the best type of prayer because you're looking outward. Remember things that have happened to you in the past. Listen in stillness. Look for his response and his rescue. Be encouraged by his strength. In prayer, we return his greatness, power, and unyielding love, who draw us in to learn that there's no safer place than in full dependence of God. Remember in times past when you depended on God and relied on his strength. Write those those things down. And then you can return those in praise. Intentionally look for ways that God has come through for you. Praise recognizes God for who he is. And when we can praise his very nature, we can take an example from Daniel after God gave to him uh, the mystery of Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Daniel 2, verse 20. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever. To him belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness, and the light dwells with with him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise, for you have given me wisdom and might, and have now made known to me what we ask of you. For you have made known to us the king's manner. We know that God's ways is not necessarily our ways, but little by little we can surrender our moments to him. We will grow to depend on him more and more. We will grow uh, to waver, to not waver in believing in God's promises and know with absolute assurance that he will come through for us. There are benefits to depending on God. I'm going to just run through some verses here. Psalm 25.10 all the paths of the Lord are steadfast, are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. God will guide us through his unfailing love. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength, for they, mount up, for shall, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God will renew our strength. Do not be anxious for about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, 
will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God will envelop us with his peace. So that your faith may not rest in wisdom of men, but in the power of God, our faith will be deepened. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. Our hope is anchored. So we have come here this morning around this table to remember the sacrifice that Jesus gave that we may have life. And we know from John 5, verse 30, that Jesus says, I can do nothing of my own. As I hear, I judge. My judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. All that he could do, he could only do because he was dependent on God. And I often wonder about that prayer that he says uh, in the garden, the cup that could be removed from him. And we look a little further down in Luke 22. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. His sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. I wonder if that was just the fear of what was going to happen. I mean, he has resurrected people before, so he knows that that power is there. And I wonder that he, because of the temptation, and he refused Satan, the, 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 the temptation to, you know, create bread from these rocks, or, you know, you can have power over these, these kingdoms that, he wouldn't use any power to maybe relieve some of the pain that he was about to endure. The, uh, in, in Mark, we read that the chief priests and the scribes mocked him, saying, just for that, he saved others, but him himself cannot save. And if he were to save himself, that would defeat the entire purpose he was only to be saved by God, but he had to walk through that valley of death first. I like to think that it was the dying part that he didn't want to ex uh, experience. And I, and I can understand that. Um, because I have often said that I'm, I'm not afraid of death, I'm afraid of dying. So while I sat in that emergency room, I had a lot of time to ponder a few things. I had said a prayer to get me to the ER safely. I had said a prayer for the care team that I know would be handling me and asked God to bless their hands. The remarkable thing is that I was calm the entire time. I wasn't nervous. I wasn't in a state of panic because I realized one thing, and you're probably not going to like this statement. I was fine with either outcome. Either I would be able to continue to serve God here, or I'd just be, beat the rest of you to the kingdom. <laughs> I've often said that I don't fear death. I fear dying. 
And the epiphany that I had is that death, death doesn't really exist for us. What is always said when somebody passes away in the truth? Their next waking moment is the resurrection. So that's what I like to say to you. Don't think of it as death. Think of it as resurrection when that time comes. That being said, even though I was fine with either outcome, my third prayer as I was being wheeled into the operating room was a request to stick around. Jesus was dependent on God to raise him from the grave. I believe this sacrifice changed that for believers, and it brings a peace upon us, because death is no longer an issue if we have the resurrection. Death has become a footnote, appropriately described as a sting. It would be for us like stepping through a door. So with that hymn this morning, Father, I ask all my, that all my life may be overruled by thee, because I depend on you. The changes then that surely come, I shall not fear to see, because I trust you. Ask thee for a steadfast find, intent on pleasing thee, because not my will, but yours. Thank you for listening to the Good Christadelphian Talks podcast. We hope this talk helped you in your walk and brightened your day. If you would like to hear more, please subscribe for new episodes. We are on all major podcast platforms and also on YouTube. If you enjoyed this particular talk, please share it with someone else who you think might enjoy it too. For show notes on the talk you just listened to, visit our website at goodchristadelphiantalks.com or check out the show notes section of your podcast player. Please share your thoughts on the talk from this week on our Facebook or Instagram pages where we are at Good Christadelphian Talks, or leave a comment on our YouTube channel where these talks are posted as well. If you enjoy listening to the talks that we post and hear one that you think we should share, please tell us about it. You can send us a suggestion using the Contact Us tab on our website or message us on any of our social media accounts. Thank you for listening. God bless and talk to you next week.